I'm Mal, and just ask anybody who knows me, being a lesbian is my entire personality. But that's because I grew up in Texas, where there's way too many churches and conservatives and cowboys and not enough lesbians. So being gay was my white rabbit that got me the fuck out of Texas and to LA, where I found an amazing community of lesbians who not only love me for who I am, but I relate to on a level that I never even knew I needed. So with this podcast, I'll have a different guest on every single week and we'll have conversations and share stories and talk about things that I was so desperate to hear when I was alone and still in the closet. I also want to note that this is a project that my girlfriend Matilda and I have created together and every single hand that's touched this podcast is a part of our LA lesbian community. With that being said, I hope our show brings you comfort and community Welcome to Made It Out. Mm. Welcome to the very first episode of Made It Out. For today's topic, we thought what makes more sense than to talk about our childhood and what we were taught unconsciously, consciously about our sexuality and how it made it so damn hard to figure out who we are. And to help me with that topic, I've asked one of my very best friends to come join me, Iris Walker. Hi. <laughs> she was my very first friend when I moved to LA in 2019. And we have a really unique friendship because you got a front row seat to my coming out journey. And now I'm witnessing you go through yours. I love it here. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, man, it's been a journey. Okay, let's go back to how we even met. Oh, period. Iris loves to tell the story of how we met. <laughs> um, so I was working at a nightclub, the Reserve, downtown LA, and they say, hey, you know, we need someone to train this chick. <laughs> and I look at her, I'm like, she's a baddie. I'll train her. And the first thing this bitch does, she's like, is that 1942? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You know, we could drink at this job, but like nobody's opening up the premium liquor. You're drinking like the well of tequila. <laughs> yeah. This bitch is like perfect. Starts opening it. She's like, let's take a shot. I'm like, yes, let's take a <laughs> fucking shot. So we're wasted. I'm not training shit. We're fucked. We're drinking. <laughs> we are there to drink. <laughs> wasted. And we have the best fucking time ever. And that night, we both admitted to each other that we, that we like girls. <laughs> We were so vague about it. We were like, yeah, I don't even know how it came up. Yeah, I've like kissed girls before. Like, <laughs> so weird. How corny. <laughs> we're like, we're like, yeah, I mean, it's like no big deal. Like everyone does it, right? <laughs> and then was like, ha, next combo. Oh my God. And literally like four months later, I started coming out of the closet. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's backtrack. Tell everyone about your family structure. Okay, dope. So originally I'm from Northern Virginia, right outside D.C. And I think just because of the dynamic of how I grew up, very, we call it black privilege. So mom was military. She also worked for like the White House, like prestigious family. Dad was the best, I don't even, I don't know, sounds weird being like the best band director in Northern Virginia, <laughs> but he was, he like conducted the national army band. So it was like a big deal. And he was very well known in our community. And we were also the only black family in our neighborhood. So I was influenced for more of like white culture than black culture. 
Did you grow up around any gay people? My dad, his, it's actually his cousin, but we called him like our uncle. He was a fabulous gay man and he was around our family all the time. I was always obsessed with him because he was just big and large and lavish. So he was celebrated and accepted within your family. Yes. Um, yeah, I say I pause like that because it's like looking back at it, there was a stigma of even him being around within our family. My dad would make jokes and like do hand motions to like be like a gay man or make references and say like use the F word. Mm. And I never really looked at how fucked up it was until as I got older and would call my dad out and saw some of these like backwards thinking that he kept with him. And I didn't have any like I never saw anything about lesbians. I also think like my family just thought that was kind of a joke. Like you're never really a girl that likes other girls. Mm. type things I mean that feels almost like it's coming from a place of misogyny too Mm -hmm. of I mean we're taught women and man Mm -hmm. and then with gay men it's still you're worshiping the man Mm -hmm. you know or men and so when it's two women rejecting all of anything that has to do with men yeah then it becomes this thing of oh well that can't be that can't be real. That has to be a joke. You clearly just want to fuck, you know? Yeah. Even growing up when we have two straight parents, we watch that and we see that. And even if we're not taught that that's a bad thing, we internalize the fact that it's a bad thing Yeah, because we're like, a part of me doesn't want that. And so you're automatically taught to shame and to hide and to do things maybe in secret to explore that. Oh, I mean, a hundred percent. Like, I think if both my parents personality slash the way they reacted to things was of my mom. I think I probably would have explored being with girls earlier or more felt safe in an environment to talk about it because just the way she reacted to things was just amazing. She was so open and free. Whereas my dad was very different. He made me like when, when, you know, I didn't know what sexuality really was but you know when I think back out it like okay I did like girls I had to have there were signs of it you know the story of when I had my size Barbie doll I love this story (laughs) this is my favorite story (laughs) but it's like tell the story okay (laughs) I was definitely very obsessed with Barbie dolls had everything you could ever think of my grandmother bought me the my size Barbie doll and the bitch was cute how big was the my size Barbie doll I don't, I mean, like three feet tall, probably, but I mean, I've always was tall, so I was definitely taller than her, okay. but I like dressed her up, you know, like we would go on full on dates. <laughs> I sound so psychotic bitch and I hate you for bringing me on here <laughs> to tell these stories, but we would go on full on dates. I would turn the lights off. I would put the TV on mood. We'd be at a drive through movie theater in my fucking head. <laughs> And we'd be at a date and it would be slowly like, (laughs) (laughs) and then it's like, all of a sudden I'm like on top of the Barbie doll, like making out and humping. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll never forget when I was caught, you know, it was my mom caught me the first time because there were several times, but my mom caught me and she just like, you know, shook. Cause like, what the fuck is my daughter doing? Oh my God. And I don't even think it had to do with my daughter could like girls. It's just like, sis, 
You were acting out a whole scene. (laughs) You were acting out a whole scene. This is a little weird, baby. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, the fact that the Barbie was a girl is the least weird part of this story. (laughs) So, and the thing is, she just kind of like was like, well, you know, let her explore and close. It was just like, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing. I was so freaked out. My dad had caught me would have been different story my dad would catch me on things that were never even anything but the way he would scold me I'm like oh you have an issue with this Mm -hmm. I was hanging out with like a girlfriend of mine and my dad had like a Yukon Excel car they're big black trucks like Mm -hmm. the black SUV CC and instead of sitting like directly behind him me and my friend we wanted to like whisper and talk about like the boys we were seeing and so we saw them very back so we're like leaning on the couch and we're like you know this again we drop her off and my dad pulls me out the car like yanks me out and he was like i know you were making out with your friend and How i'm like you? uh probably my freshman year in high school because i stopped hanging out with that girl by my junior year so i think it was like my freshman year but that was one thing where just like you said kind of seeing the way my dad reacted to like if I could have been a lesbian or mm-hmm. into girls it was so shameful and embarrassing for this big title of our family it was embarrassing of the family mm. so this is like right as you're probably starting to explore that stuff behind closed doors yeah and in public you're getting shamed for things that you're not doing yeah while knowing that you're doing it behind closed doors yeah but like my closed door things I think we're just more like touching myself and, you know, hump, like I told you, I started with the humping of the Barbie doll. Then we transition into like me being on the Internet and looking at sex stuff and like, OK, what is this like to actually meet with a girl? Mm-hmm. But then it's funny because I look at first grade. I think I was telling you this of a story where I at my private school. We had a pass to go use the bathroom and it was almost like me and this girl had this this thing. We'd be like, let's go to the bathroom together. Let's go to the bathroom together. And we would we would leave, go. I would take one pass. I'd stay there and the teacher would forget who had the pass and she'd meet me in the bathroom and we'd go and kiss in the bathroom stall. Okay, this is very normal. I just found out. To go kiss in the bathroom stall? Even more than that. Yes, yes. That is very normal, but... I just talked to my therapist about when you're a kid, because I was asking, I was talking to her about all these signs like in your childhood that you're gay and that I feel so much shame for like things that I did as a really young kid. And what were you doing? Okay. So in my neighborhood, we had like this group of kids that would all play like while our parents were doing, I don't know, God knows what. But I remember like this specific memory of being at this girl's house with girls and boys and we were all in a closet touching each other <laughs> peepees <laughs> peepees <laughs> peepees and like it's just weird but like do you even remember the convo no <laughs> because I when I think about it I feel like me and this girl exchanged no words it was like let's go to the bathroom <laughs> like we knew and I don't remember, I think it was just like let's kiss and just what we saw on TV Apparently it's called sex play and kids do it and it's very normal. But that's like from a young age, how I knew that I liked girls like very, very young that it's normal. It's very normal. 
she she taught me that not to feel any shame about it because I've harbored that it took a lot for me to tell my therapist that because I, I don't know that's just like when you're a little kid and the innocence and you feel okay that makes sense. and she says like western culture really makes that like it's really stigma stigmatizes it and puts a lot of like misogyny onto that and nastiness onto that but that that's a very like normal developmental stage in life where you're just experimenting and kind of figuring things out and I think that's like how from a young age I knew that okay yeah like I want to touch the girls more than I want to touch the boys yeah but then as you grow up and as we're kind of conditioned it's like oh no okay that's not something I should be doing and then you internalize all of that and we just feel this shame not knowing why we feel all this shame it's it's pretty crazy this is bringing up like just so many memories but it's like when I would go in the bathroom with her and we'd kiss I remember we I got caught and I, the, I was just like please don't tell my family please don't tell my family but I remember her coming in the bathroom. I like jumped on the stall so she wouldn't see my legs. I was pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I know two of you girls are in here. Open up the door. And we open and then we're like, hee hee hee. And I think she knew. And like, I wonder today if like she told my family and maybe that's been the stigma my dad has had in his head forever. Mm, like he had <clears throat> seen all these like signs and markers. I'm so I would love to put him on here and be like, what signs was I giving? Call him up. <laughs> Call him up. I'm sure these would be followed Honestly, by the naked girls all over your walls. It is interesting. I look back at times again hiding. Like, I'll never forget we had our spring break, our uh senior spring break. We went to Ocean City and it was like the first real out lesbian that I met in high school. Oh, wow. Gorgeous girl. And at this time, I had a tattoo on my vagina because I got it at a very young age, 15. And like, What was the tattoo? Oh, I hate you. It's a crown. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's a crown on my vagina. <laughs> but it's like to the side. So like, you know, when I wear one of my little bikini bottoms, it would show. So we're at Ocean City Spring Break, and I have this little bikini on, my tattoo showing. And this girl was like, comes up to me, she's like, you are hot, and I want to lick where your tattoo is. And I'm like... Wow. <laughs> Top. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, but I am so turned on. I'm like, What? Like, who says that? And she is, like, fully out. Like, big, curly, like, fro hair, tall, just stunning. And I'm like, girl, stop. And she's like, no, I'm serious. You want to kiss? And so I was like, let's try it. And so we made out. But then my friends were there and, like, pushed her off. I was like, I'm not into this. And we invited her and her friend back to go party with us. And she kept trying to corner me and feeling like I'm still in my bikini, like, touching it. And, like, she knew I was into it. I'm like, yeah. But you pushed her off because your friends were like, no. Yeah. But you still wanted a thousand percent. I was like, I want you to lick right there, right now. I want to <laughs> fucking feel it, but I'm so nervous. Should have known that I liked girls. <laughs> I mean, we should have known back in first grade, but it's okay. <laughs> I am dead. I thought it was very normal to have this intense obsession or attraction to women like 
characters in TV shows. For me, it was Topanga from Boy Meets World. Oh, you look like her. I know, which is weird. But I always was like, okay, but that brings up the question. It was like, do I want to be her or do I want to fuck her? Both. No, it was probably that I wanted to fuck her. I think maybe a little bit of both, but that is like a, I feel like that's a common question or like a common thing that comes up. Do I want to be her or do I want to be with her? So yeah, Beyonce, I was like Mm. obsessed with her, but I always thought like, oh my God, like she's like representation, but no bitch, I was obsessed. Oh, I'm still obsessed. I went to her concert all three days. Like (laughs) I am very much obsessed with her. I studied her the way she did her makeup and yeah, there was like this admiration I had for her and who she was to the community. But like that, I'm like, that bitch is hot. Like I would drink her bath water Mm. And there's this thing of like, I I was saying to you, like, it's probably both because someone asked me recently, they're like, well, what's your type? And I'm like, I want someone like me and don't take this the wrong way of like, I want to fuck myself or anything like that. But like, I want like a woman like me, mm-hmm. like, you know, that kind of looks like me, dresses like me, my style, my vibe. That's my type. And I see her all the time. So I get it. Like, maybe you want to fuck yourself. <laughs> Someone similar to you. But that's hard to figure out. And it's not even really a conscious thought. No. It's just, yeah, I'm obsessed with that person. I want to be them. Well, my Barbies were that for me, too. What do you mean? Like, my bar, I was so attracted to, like, their bodies of Mm. these little plastic characters. I mean, I was humping one. (laughs) Like, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. I would make my Barbies, the girl and girls, have sex. Like, get on top of each other. I mean, that right there should be an argument for the nature versus nurture because you were young and you didn't know what the fuck was happening. But making your Barbies hump, you came out of the womb wanting (laughs) not just men. How do you think your reactions from your dad, your culture, your family affected your awareness of your sexuality and your want to explore it? It's interesting because now as I'm exploring it, it's so light to me where I'm like, I don't care what my family thinks. Whereas then it was like, there are so many other things I didn't give a fuck about what my family thinks that I know probably would have, in my dad's terms, brought shame to the family, but I didn't give a damn. But I think I had so much shame within my own self of feeling that way. It was like, it was, it was so naughty so bad to think this way or to try to explore that so the shame was within myself first and I think if I had broken that barrier of not giving a fuck I would have been able to break the other barriers Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah but it sounds like you're doing that now yeah where it's like now where I never thought it would just be such an easy transition of you know, after my breakup, I'm like, I want to date women. Like, I want to like dive deep in what this looks like because it has always been on my mind where in relationships I've met women that were lesbian and I've been in the scene and I've had this attraction even through your journey. I was doing shit for my damn self. Oh my God. Iris (laughs) used to literally take my phone and get on my dating apps and swipe for me. And then I would be like, what are, who are these people that you, and then she would make me go on dates with them. It was like, and then she would come to the dates. <laughs> Iris, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. You know, 
when I look back at certain things, it was like I was doing it for you, <laughs> but a lot of me too. I wanted you to get out there and date. And you were like, well, you hated it. You hated mm. the process. Mm-hmm. I'm someone who loves that shit. So I'm like, pass it over. But then as I'm looking, I'm like, wait, this bitch is hot. Oh my God. <laughs> Let me come on this one with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, let me, let me make sure that everything is good. Oh my God. So it was like, you know, trying to set you up, but I a hundred percent got pleasure out of it. Yeah. Even with my last ex, I met someone, she was a photographer. She was a lesbian, gorgeous. And I had this, like, I had feelings for her. Mm -hmm. And I knew that like our friendship and the relationship of what it was, was wrong. You know, I had a whole man and I would, wasn't telling the whole truth about my man because I was like, I just want to imagine what this could be like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sucks because like, I know there's this whole thing. I'm just like, by curious woman, like we're trouble. And like, that's not where I'm, that's not where I want to be. I want to actually navigate this and not have to hide. I don't know if I'm in a place where I'm like, I could X out men. But right now where I'm at, it's like, I don't, I can't stand them. Mm-hmm. I've gone on dates with men and I'm like, this is a mess. And not to say that the woman I've gone on dates with has not been, has been easy peasy. I had, I, w- I went on a date with a girl and she asked me the question, in your 30s, why all of a sudden are you interested in dating women? And I'm like, it's not all of a sudden. And I understand, like I said before, I get that the way sometimes a bi community might be perceived, it comes in where it's like, you know, you're going to fuck me up. You're going to be the one that hurts me or you're not actually serious in this. And I want something serious. And so it was difficult question to ask. Cause I'm like, I get it. I'm in my thirties. And now just on this path of dating women, it's a lot for you to understand that mm-hmm. because you have figured out who the, your sexuality at a way younger age so I definitely go back in my head of just annoyed with myself because I'm like, damn, <laughs> like I, I'm about to cry. I'm like, I want to, I don't want to have to have these conversations. It's annoying. But I also don't feel like you should feel the need to justify yourself to these people. I mean, you know where you stand and you know where you are. And anybody who is making you feel that way definitely isn't worth your time. Yeah. But I do think that is one of the harder things about coming out a little bit later in life than maybe some of these these other people. But there is a beauty in it that you really get to go super in deep and figure out like you're 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 not 15 Mm -mm. still trying to just figure out the world and, and life you're. 30 mm-hmm. and you have a whole like a different perspective of the world and who you are as a person and now you can approach it from a much more elevated space I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of I don't think I would feel ashamed if I knew the answers mm. it's I'm in this place of still trying to figure it out I'm literally about to fucking cry it's okay. <laughs> but I'm in this place of like still trying to figure it out where it's like if I was talking to someone, they asked me, that's like, okay, well, you're in your 30s and maybe you don't have this on the third. I'm so confident in myself where I'm like, I don't give a damn. I know that I have this, but it's like people are asking me these things where they're valid, they're valid questions. When people are asking like, why are you just, you don't know if you're a lesbian or you don't know if you're dating girls and you're in your 30s, like, 
It's kind of, I don't know if I want to entertain this. Okay. But to those people, I would ask, are you happy in your job? Are you happy (laughs) in your family life? Are you happy in all of your friendships? Because if you're not fully self-actualized in all of those fucking places, because these are all identity aspects. Yeah. Don't come for me. Don't fucking come for me just because this one part of me, because of the conditioning and the things I went through as a child or the things that I was taught because of a part of the world I grew up in or a culture I grew up in or whatever, plug in anything, you didn't get the chance. Just like I didn't get the chance. I grew up in Texas. I didn't get a fair chance to when I was doing sex play at a young age, like get to explore what that meant because immediately it was shut down. And so then at 30, thank God. And you know what? It should be a thing that we're praising. Thank God you're here. And thank God you're figuring this out because if not, you would have to live a lifetime of hiding and shame and secrecy. And in a way, I think it should be spun to like, good for you because it takes bravery to be able to do this at a at an older age Mm -hmm. and to be able to go against the grain and go against the norm and go against what society says is right or whatever and say, you know what? No, like I know I'm a little late to the game, but here's what I'm going to do. And anybody who can't see that, I just don't think is worth. I agree. Girl, I fucking agree. If you could give one piece of advice to someone who's going through what you're going through now, what would that be? Be patient with yourself. Give yourself some love, time, and space. I am an Aries, and I am somebody that like likes things to move forward really fucking quickly. So that I don't give myself enough leeway of realizing like you're okay. This is a lot. Like you are going through so much of just you thought you knew exactly who the fuck you are, and realizing. Okay, you you still that doesn't mean that you don't know who you are, but you're adding different elements to it. Mm -hmm. It can just be a lot in terms of pain. It can be a lot of being upset of, you know, where you came from. It could be upset. You could be upset with yourself of, you know, why didn't I, I get to this space a lot earlier? Why have I been suppressing of who I am? So patience, I would say, is number one. Lean on the friends who love you and know you. Just because you have great people in your life doesn't mean everyone's going to be on board right away. It's a big change when they've known you one way. And don't be afraid. Don't be don't be scared. Everything at the end is going to work out. We've been taking submissions from TikTok mm-hmm. for advice. Okay. Jamie22 from Minnesota asks, I caught my eight-year-old sister kissing her friend, another girl in our backyard. Should I talk to her about it? I'm trying to think if I would want as an eight-year-old to be spoken to. Yes, you should, but it should be in a space where she feels comfortable. I think she should approach it in a way of like, hey, (laughs) I saw you kissing that girl. Are you, do you like her? And not just like, hey, like, are you a lesbian? Yeah, I mean, that's that's really aggressive. But Jamie's going to get the opposite advice from me. So what is she getting? She's going to have a she's going to have a conundrum. She's not she's not getting any help (laughs) because I would say don't say anything and maybe just make sure that any time being gay or being a lesbian or being queer or being curious comes up, it's like celebrated and talked about in a positive light 
um, to make her feel comfortable to then approach the conversation herself. I think if that was the parent, but as my sister, my older sister, who I have that relationship and us talking and being like, Hey, you know, if it was a boy, it'd be the same thing. Yeah. So I guess it depends on your relationship though. Yeah. If she's already telling you stuff and you have that relationship, have a talk, come in easy. How was it? How was it first? Start with how was it? (laughs) Okay. We're moving on to U-Haul or U-Ghost. Okay. I'm going to give you a a scenario or a personality trait, quirk, whatever. Okay. And then you're going to tell me if you are going to like U-Haul full send it with that person or if you're ghosting. It's an absolute no. Love this. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. She has a pet bird. Okay. And it sleeps in bed with her. Mm-mm. Ghost. I'm ghosting. I'm sorry. What do you have against birds? I can. This is my girl. Where I, when we, so when we have sex, the bird's there. Is it a talking bird? Does it would like, that change the answer if it was a talking bird? Would that help? Because that would make it worse. Okay. I can't be having it talk while we're having sex. It's there. And like, I'd be scared I'd kill it in bed. I'm a wild sleeper. What, what are you doing? I don't know. Absolutely not. Okay. All right. What about if she has a breast milk fetish? What does this mean? She wants to suck on my titty and call me mommy? No. Like <laughs> breast milk. But yeah, maybe that too, but also breast milk. I don't have milk in my breast. Okay, but we have to this get it person. For her? <laughs> <laughs> You're outsourcing the breast milk. We have to get it. Do we have I have a friend that's always having babies, so do we have to get the breast milk? I mean, what if that was the case? Absolutely not. Could never. All right, we're ghosting. Mm-hmm. She can't drive. Well, neither can I. Are we rich enough to have a driver? <laughs> I'll I mean, her. probably. I'll teach her. I'll teach. No one sat down and taught her. Just like, just like someone has taught me certain things. All right. I'm going to sit down and teach my bae. So you're U-Hauling. I'm U-Hauling her. And she's going to drive the U-Haul. <laughs> her apartment is filled with dead plants. No. That is like a, mm-mm. that speaks volumes because it's like, if your plant is dead, is your soul dead? Bitch, you had some dead plants in your house. You have, no, you have killed a couple plants. And my soul was dead. <laughs> Fair. Actually, you weren't going through the best time. So. I was going through it. It speaks volumes on your life. And I'm in an era of trying to heal and grow. So I need her. I need your plant to reflect who you are. That's fair. Yeah. So we're ghosting. <laughs> oh god this one's nasty she only drinks bud light no water <laughs> <laughs> she never has water she never has. i think it just means when you go out she only drinks bud light but i mean that's another extreme i would hope that you're ghosting someone who only drinks bud light and never has water but i think this just means like when you go out to eat and you're like at a fancy restaurant, like you go you to think Nobu. You think ghost her because she only drinks Bud Light? I don't know. That's the question. No, where are you hauling? I kind of like the smell of Bud Light on, on her breath. Wow, that is grungy of you. I was not expecting. I like that. it. <laughs> All right. In conclusion, we're going to do a toast. Iris has brought something for us. Would you like to explain? I got us some milk since this is a childhood episode. Your face. I didn't even really drink milk in my childhood. Well, thank God this is oat milk. Okay. Very LA of me. And very lesbian. Very Well, cheers to that. Creamy. Oh my God, Iris. Really? (laughs) 
That was fucking gross. Disgusting. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To support lesbian content, rate, review, subscribe, follow. And you can find our guest at Iris Walker, our show at Made It Out Podcast, and me at Mal Glowinky. This podcast was produced and edited by Matilde Jordan and worked on solely by lesbians. So send this episode to every single person you've ever met to spread the gay agenda. Hunt me harder, babe. Searching me all fucking night. Love's fire finds its place. <laughs> <laughs>